Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we're interviewing pastors and professors from Living Faith Fellowship on a range of subjects, uh, from missions to ministry to theology. And this week, we are right in the middle of a series of episodes on charismatic theology. And uh, we've got Pastor Alan Shelby from Harvest Baptist Church with us. And today we're going to be discussing specifically the Word of Faith movement, prosperity gospel, uh, healing gifts, all of these things that are so common, uh, particularly in Christian entertainment. You don't have to go very far, TBN or the Daystar Network, to find men and women who are professing to have special powers and abilities. And if you would just send in some money, a little bit of money, uh, then you could be a partaker in those gifts as well. And, and this way of thinking has a long history uh, uh, among swindlers in America, uh, snake oil salesmen. And so it's worth us spending some time addressing this. And so, Pastor Allen, welcome to another episode. Yeah, thank you. So, Pastor Allen, I want to start by asking you a question about the characters that surround the Word of Faith movement. We're about to talk about the Word of Faith movement. W w could you tell us a little bit about the leaders of that movement? Right. <clears throat> well, I know that I know that you expect a technical answer <laughs> from you but, always. Well, you know, if I direct our attention just for a moment to Acts chapter twenty, okay? Because in the last episode, we, I will say, we showed the origin story of charismatic Pentecostal. That makes the sound, origin story makes it sound very like Marvel comics. Yes. Exciting. It yeah, makes it sound really exciting. So it is, yeah. So we showed the origin story in Acts chapter 8. Okay. Let me bookend that because the, the I don't know if we, this is a difference or something we have in common with the Marvel comics, but okay. you would expect, Americans expect in their stories for the uh, good guys to win at the, in the end mm -hmm. and to have a happy ending. And so I want to bookend, bookend them and the doctrine of, doctrines behind the movement. Okay. Here with Acts chapter 20, uh, because it's, maybe it's not exactly that way. Um, I think, I think the, the good guys win in the end, but obviously, but not not in the sense that evil is defeated, but that we are removed and gotten out of the way so that evil can come to its culmination where God defeats it. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to think we, we, are, we are the heroes mm -hmm. of the story all the time. And so many times in biblical history and in our own lives, we find God saying to us the same thing Paul said to Earth's earliest disciples. You must, through must, much tribulation, mm -hmm. enter the kingdom of God. Right. So here in uh, Acts chapter 20, if uh, we go down a little f further into the chapter, because Paul is now on his last journey and he is making this is his farewell tour as it were mm -hmm. before he himself you know heads off right and so he is um, at miletus and he's calling together the assembled elders of the church at ephesus and so he is in speaking to them he reminds them of what he did and 
where he came from in terms of his ministry that he had among them. But then also in with that, he begins to forecast what they can expect happening. So down in verse, oh, let's say down in verse 20, 28, he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, Mm -hmm. not apostles, and there's a difference, but you are to, as, as shepherds, you are to watch over the flock. And here's the things that you need to do. Not, not fleece them, but feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood, because that's the central narrative. That's the gospel. That's the central thing. Above all others we're supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. He says, for I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. There will be a moment of cultural shift in society, and the devil will take advantage of that to bring in counterfeits into Christianity. And any time the Bible is insufficient to you, Christ will be substituted for you. So there's some substitute for Christ if your mentality is that the Bible is insufficient. Mm. So he predicts exactly what we see. So if I can bookend it from Acts 8 to Acts 20, we this is now what we see. This is this is this is the beginning of the whole new thought idea and everything that we see filtering, the type of doctrine as to its details that we see filtering through the leaders, the preachers, the teachers in various aspects of the charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. Also of your own selves, verse 30, shall men arise speaking perverse things. That means twisted things and they are doing this to draw disciples after them. They're not making disciples in the way we talk about discipleship, of, of conforming people to Christ and having Christ-likeness. Right. They are making disciples of themselves. Verse 31, therefore watch and remember. And he goes in to talk about what he was willing to suffer. Why? Because that's the contrast to what you see of every one of these men in their pulpits within this movement, Mm -hmm. and the contrast to what you see of every one of their teachers of their theology. Paul says, you you know what the right thing to look for is. So these men are gonna come and they will be the anti-type to my type and they will be the negative image of, of what I am, and I was willing to be among you in night and day with tears. And uh, you know what? They're going to not only deny that, they're going to say that you have to be opposite to that. And just like they are rich, you need to be rich, and you'll get rich if you make them richer. And and that's kind of what they say. Yeah. Uh, And now, brethren, I commend you to God. Now, check this out, because this is the absolute sufficiency. He says, okay, I'm leaving, you're staying. What am I going to do about all this? You know, I could really worry about this, and and I'll be 
so eaten up with anxiety and panic attacks. But God is so sufficient. I can commit you, he says, I can commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Why? Because that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Why do you need riches in this life? You've got an inheritance among all those yeah. who are sanctified. Right. So that's something that's coming later. What, what does it matter what you don't have in this life? Uh, that you think you need, and and the you know, and the problem is not the people. The problem is the teachers, mm -hmm. and the modern charismatic movement. I will say is analogous to the modern tobacco companies. Okay, interesting. In that, the tobacco companies do not make their money in America. Because, by and large, we understand the um, downside of smoking. We've come to discover. We've come to discover. Yeah. So what do they do? I mean, every Arab smokes like a chimney. And in Asia and in Africa and, and other places, that's where they make their money. Okay, I, I you know, I know Benny Hinn fleeces the sheep here, but it's not... That's not their fault. He also, they also make good profits going to Africa or other places. Or locally, they will set up their revival tents among the urban poor of America right. who can least afford to give out of what they have under a false promise that they're going to come away with something else. Mm -hmm. And so they just completely take advantage. And, you know, to wrap, to wrap up the idea, Paul says, I've coveted no man's silver or gold yeah. or apparel right. or jets. <laughs> Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it's more blessed to give than to receive, but he's talking to the leaders there, not to the people. He's mm -hmm. talking to the pastors. He's talking to the leaders of the movement, warning them what he knows is going to happen, presenting himself as a contrast, and telling them where they should be. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and what we see today is simply the modern fulfillment of what he said was going to come to pass. That's good. So... You've, you've defined for us right out the gate uh, who these men are. They're exactly what Paul warned the believers in Ephesus to beware of. And uh, the more we know of Christ and his word, the more these, uh, the, the falsity of these, these believers, uh, these false teachers uh, comes to light. And, and I think what you're saying is, is super important, and I, and I want to reiterate it. As Christianity has made its way into a third world context, say in this, in, in, you know, post Philadelphian age, uh, as as it's reached into India, as it's reached into Africa, where missionaries should be going to prop propagate a proper theology, uh, instead we have these charlatans yes. who are going to take advantage of the new fruit. Right. I mean, not any different than the Judaizers uh, went and, and deceived right behind Paul. 
uh, you've got deceivers that come in right behind the movement or the pioneering work of true missionaries. And so they have this huge influence. And so it, in many regards, it's our responsibility to teach them what to look for uh, in, in the wolves. What does a wolf look like? Um, can you explain maybe the, the relationship, just because we need to define some of our terms as we begin to, to dive into this. Can, can you explain uh, what the Word of Faith movement is, as you see it, and um, what the prosperity gospel is? which is what they're, right. they're touting. So let me let me get to that. Could I also take just a second and piggyback off of something you were bringing to the surface, which is missions. Okay. Because there are many people who would take Latin America and say they are evangelized now. Mm. And yet most of evangelical Christianity in Latin America is Pentecostal. Right. So I don't know if... We should say they have been evangelized now. They definitely, if they've been evangelized, they haven't been discipled. Right. And just yeah. like Pastor Mark Trotter has his ministry, go, you know, has been going to Malawi three times a year because the pastors that they find uh, among the poorest in the world, um, all that they know is, is word of faith and, um, you know, it's the Pentecostal type of theology mm -hmm. and, and, and they they are only doing what they've been taught, right. which is why he makes such an investment to go and teach the right thing, give them tools in their language, uh, you know, have a whole uh, institute set up yeah. that they can come yeah. away with. This is sound doctrine. Right. And I for, need to for go those and propagate who don't this. know about Pastor Mark Trotter's ministry, uh, he's been on several episodes of the show, and he's devoted. Uh, to even at times his own health risk, um, he's devoted his life to making these trips to Malawi uh, to preserve it from Islamic influence and to to undo what so many of these word of faith teachers have done. Right, and he's de he's devoted his life to that, and these trips are with the intention right. of of of, of presenting a proper view of God's yes, word. Yes, because yeah. by and large, Catholics and Muslims are much more willing to suffer uh, and to do outreach and and build mosques and cathedrals and uh, than we are as evangelicals. And within the evangelical movement, particularly word of faith and charismatics, then that's not what they're about. The, they will fleece flocks um, based on the the greed and the avarice that is there, just like the Bible defines it. So all I'm saying mm -hmm. is, and I'm not meaning to dog on anybody personally, all I'm saying is the Bible defines for me the picture that I actually see yeah. happening. Yeah. And so with the word of faith, um, there are just a lot of what, what we should be able to recognize as aberrant, as... as um, corrupt doctrine to the extent that you can say things out of your mouth that create a reality. Right. In that respect, and this, again, this is where there was, I think, a cultural movement in society and then counterfeit comes on top yeah. of it. The connection, can, this was the connection to new thought teaching was what you're talking about. There's a cultural movement uh, these these teachers, these false teachers, even cultists like Mary Betty uh, Eddie Baker, it's a lot, it's a mouthful. 
Mary Eddie Baker, yes. we're, we're saying exactly. if you, you can think it yeah. into being. So I, I think new thought exists because Christian science exists, which mm-hmm. is neither scientific nor Christian. Right. But it is a it is a idea that reality is not real. Mm-hmm. There's this other thing out here that right. now, in the same way, I think new thought exists because Scientology exists. But I'll say the same thing in yeah. Scientology. No, you're right. You don't need um, doctors or medicine if you are fully clear. Right. Because you are a thetan in a body, and, you know, you you have to use our e-meter to, um, you know— To register how much uh, God you really are. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds— It sounds like a dirty movie if you're not familiar with what they're talking about. But right. But uh, it is. It, 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 wow. It it's it's crazy on the surface. Well, I mean, they, we have uh, video recordings of men like Kenneth Copeland saying, uh, "We we're just little gods," and when that's the perspective, I think it seems rational that you would be able to, in faith, heal yourself. Right. Or or, um, you know, the next step of rationality would be, um, you know, here's how you activate your own healing. That you can speak into existence the reality that you want to see. Mm -hmm. Now, in that respect, then they are also no different than the other homegrown heresies of, for example, the American cult of Mormonism, because Mormons say as man is, God once was, mm-hmm. and as as we as God is now, we can become. Right. So it's the same thing. You you are God. In that respect, it's the same. Well, for and, for that matter, it's the same deception in the garden. Yeah. The same exact yeah. programming. Right. Yeah. Which was again based on an idea, a loss of biblical authority, meaning the authority of God's word to them. Therefore, they were led to believe that that was insufficient. What they knew by experience of good was insufficient. They needed also experience evil. Uh, So since it was insufficient, then they go looking for these other experiences. Mm -hmm. And so that is a common thread uh, through all of them. So that helps us understand a little bit what the Word of Faith movement is, but it's so tied, uh, you know, inextricably tied to pro- the prosperity gospel. Explain to us what that is in, your, in, in terms of your understanding. Well, so I suppose that uh, it, in thumbnail sketch, and I'm again, I'm not technical in my approach to these things, mm-hmm. so I pro- I'm pro- likely will not give you the definition they would. But I would say prosperity gospel is the is their gospel good news that the death of Christ healed all your diseases. Um, COVID can't apply to you. You can blow away the coronavirus, right? Uh, like literally, physically blow. No, I, yeah, I saw the videos. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know that that. If you plant these seeds of faith, and for some reason those seeds always have to have they're always George green. Washington. Yeah, on. they're always green. Yeah. Ben- Benjamin Franklin's preferred. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But if you plant those faith seeds that look just like that, mm-hmm. then you yourself 
then it will bring in a harvest of more of those. So if you plant dollar bills, it brings a harvest of more dollar bills. Right. And that's gospel good news to people, particularly people who are on a what I would call a even a modern American subsistence living. Yeah. And they're going paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. The, these are the, the weakest and most susceptible people from a socioeconomic perspective, yes. especially they're grasping for hope in many regards. And these these snake oil salesmen uh, are there to meet that need, at least emotionally, uh, experientially. Um, and and so with they, a with a contrived theology, the, theology. right, right. Which I, which I want to I want to talk about that a little bit too. But so in terms of the prosperity gospel, they're saying your salvation uh, is is tied to whether or not you sow these seeds of faith. So the seeds of faith idea is something uh, that that Paul Crouch and the, those at TBN uh, really began began to push because almost every segment of their show is also a fundraiser. Um, and these men are hiding money in many regards. They're, they're hiding and, and tucking away money. They don't want it to be, they don't want to be accountable for it. The FBI has been investigating these guys for, for decades now. And the reason is because they are deceptive. And even the segments of their show that are Bible studies, like you and I sitting here at this table doing our podcast, but they're doing a Bible study. Right. It's always on the same thing, and it's always on faith, and it's always on this faith word, and it's always... So what they do is they draw a direct line between the gospel and prosperity. Right. Therefore, if you have believed the gospel, even legitimately, and you got saved, so this is where Paul is saying... This is arising out of your own cells. Mm -hmm. And this is feeding off your own flock. So if you've believed the gospel, that prosperity was included in that. Therefore, if you know you've been saved, you, there has to be this. Yeah, you you are incomplete if you do not have this. And then the, your sanctification process, instead of becoming about greater holiness and conformity to Christ, the more faith you have, the more prosperity and healing is at your fingertips. Yes, yeah. and this so this is where that Christ substitute becomes um, prosperity, mm -hmm. and so your spiritual true spirituality is prosperity. Mm -hmm. Set aside other. Any other ways you may be unholy, right. uh, but true spirituality, God confirms that by the car you drive and the house you live in and uh, what you're able to wear and do. Yeah. And so, on, you know, on these shows, like you mentioned, uh, they are constantly trying to top themselves in terms of promises they make, uh, claims that they make. I mean, during COVID, I think that really came out many of these of these charismatic leaders wanted to be the first one to cast COVID out. So they're all scrambling to do their own thing. Bethel had this, I don't know if you saw the video, this bunch of their leaders gathered together in a giant staff that they were beating up and huh. down and they were quoting uh, Lord of the Rings, thou shalt not pass. Yeah, you've got to oh, see yeah. this. Oh yeah, no, I great. haven't seen that one. This is great, yeah, this no. is great stuff. Um, but um, definitely entertaining. And so, you know, they're trying to make these claims. They're constantly trying to top themselves to bring themselves a greater sense of authority. Because if there is a vaccine, 
in the next six months. I'm sure that they'll be claiming responsibility for um, for the undoing of COVID, right? They want to be the first ones so to say that. So in that sense, they are no different than the clairvoyance, uh, people who are clairvoyant or say they are, mm-hmm. and the um, palm readers um, of, of any age, right. uh, Jean Dixon uh, of years ago. So she was a popular syndicated um, type of person like that. Um, and you, just like with Nostradamus, if you make enough predictions, one of them is going to be correct. Yeah. And you say, wow, see, yeah. that proves it. And similarly, as you pointed out, you know, someone has said that they think the virus will go away after the election. Uh, now, I agree because I think God's agenda is to continue to polarize America because we're the new Rome and he's, he's setting us up for the second coming, just like Rome was set up for the first coming. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, it may very well go away. But if, if you or I predict that in the way that um, the word of faith people do uh, and prosperity gospel people do when mm-hmm. they come out and do that, well, if it does eventually happen, then exactly. They claim that right. credit because it is what they did. Right. If you make enough claims, some of them will retroactively be correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so with that, with these with these exceptional claims, the healing gifts are one of these claims that are a staple on each of, of the shows. And so I want to take a minute to address healing gifts uh, because what you'll see, for instance, I'm sure many people have seen this, but like at, at a Benny Hinn conference or, um, or even Todd White or Todd Bentley, they approach things maybe a little bit differently, but they have people come forward uh, many of whom we've learned over time, a lot of them are actors. Uh, they are oftentimes the people who need, these, these aren't people who are blind. These aren't people who are, um, you know, uh, mentally uh, disabled in, in, in certain ways. Uh, these are people who, as you've stated previously, maybe there's a, there's a walking disability, there's a problem with their back, uh, and they will perform healing as a way of deceiving people into believing that they actually have these powers and abilities. The point is, is the claim to healing is an apostolic claim, right? That's they're making an apostolic claim in that regard. Can you walk us through the gift of healing, um, how it existed previously, and how it's been distorted for these means? So I think it's it's one thing to say that healing it is an apostolic claim. So you're claiming the apostles could heal. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's that's different from the legitimacy of claiming that you are an apostle. Right. I was doing a, I did a Bible study one time for a group of people at a, at a business. And um, so it was like every Thursday at 6 a.m. or something like that. And so I I get there and we'd have this Bible study. Well, one this particular Bible study, these couple of guys come in and okay, they're with us through the whole time, and then after it gets done, um, you know, the guy comes up to me. He says, you know, I, I just have to let you know, I, was, I there was this guy and I and I talked to him. I laid my hands on him. Guess what? He was healed. Da da da. So he starts going into that whole spiel. Mm-hmm. I said, man, great. You know what? Bible study's done. I don't have anything to do. Let's go down to Children's Mercy, mm. and let's go up on the 
cancer ward, the pediatric ward for cancer patients, mm. and let's clear that out. Well, his face fell, and obviously we did not go there and do that. Wow. And that put that really, those type of things put the lie to everything that they're saying. So what did what did we see Paul say in Acts chapter 20? He said there would be those arise who would speak perverse things, and if you do a word study of that, other ways it is translated in the King James Bible. It means twisting it. So mm-hmm. twisted things. So they take Isaiah 53. And he he bore our, you know, he 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 was beaten with our stripes and he bore our diseases and you know, by his stripes you are healed. And you know what? That is that is true, but that's like making an apostolic claim. Oh, did the apostles do that? Yes, but am I an apostle? No. Um, was healing in the atonement? Yes, but is it the millennium? No. It ain't mm. the millennium yet. Mm. So that is a twisting of that scripture. So what had happened was, what, ha- what happens is, uh, when, when you go to a Benny Hinn crusade or Kenneth Copeland or any of the others, right. and they're, they come to the making it a healing service, don't just watch their video of what went on. Go and observe what's happening or talk to the people who have been there. And they have two lines. They take the people who are deformed, in a wheelchair, missing a limb, um, have uh, you know have ALS or something. Obviously, serious issues. Serious, obvious issues. Yeah, and they are routed into this aisle and told that you know Kenneth says you just need to pray. You just need to have faith. You just need to pray. Mm-hmm. And it is this other mixed multitude of actors they brought in with them and people who have issues that in a moment of adrenaline they can overcome. Those mm-hmm. are the ones they let up on stage. Mm-hmm. And they may be completely sincere. But in the heat of the moment, as it were, if if everybody, if the first three people who were blown on or touched fell backwards, well, then you're going to do that. You're, I mean, right. that's just you're just going to do that. Yeah, you're not going to be the guy that doesn't fall. Right. Down. You don't. As, want, no one wants to be that. Especially guy. on national TV, <laughs> right? As, as the case may be, and and that's what that is. It they are charlatans. It's a magician's game, mm-hmm. and so when when you. See See Todd White make one leg grow longer than the other. And maybe on an occasion he was not paying as much attention as he should, and he allowed someone to on their iPhone to record that. And then someone took that and uploaded it, and you slow it down to watch what's happening. One leg is not growing longer. He's pushing the other heel back mm-hmm. up. Right. Yeah. That's that's magicianship. Yeah. And that is what constitutes their claim to healing. It is not going and clearing out the pediatric cancer ward at Children's Mercy Hospital. Right. And Do, so does God heal? Yes. Do they have the gift of healing? No. Okay, explain that. Well, in the same way that uh, is it an apostolic 
You know, so the apostles, yeah, they did it. Are you an apostle? No. God heals. He heals in answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he heals if nobody's prayed. Mm-hmm. So God, God providentially is going to work in someone's life, I think. He will work in their life as they, as he uses suffering to draw them towards him. Sometimes he supernaturally heals, but not because of a healer, not because someone who had the, quote, a gift of healing came. But he does do that in response to our prayer, our request, our faith in him. Mm -hmm. But it's not our faith that causes that. It's God that causes that. It's in this same example, this example I would give. Joel Osteen, bless his heart. Mm. At the end of every program, he will say, will you just pray this prayer with me? And he goes through what we might call the sinner's prayer. And then he says, you know, we believe that because you prayed that prayer, you just got saved. No, nobody is saved by praying a prayer. We are only saved by Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you don't or shouldn't pray a prayer, but there's a subtle twisting there that says, no, you did get saved by you know it's not faith that saves us it's Christ that saves us right so it's not faith in faith and it's not faith in saying a sinner's prayer it is faith in Christ so yes you get saved by placing your faith in Christ mm-hmm. you don't really get saved by praying that prayer right but that is all that's communicated mm-hmm. Um, because if they were to be totally honest, then with regard to everything else, it would have to be faith in Christ, not faith in planting a seed. Right. Not faith in faith, not faith in having enough faith right. that you could bring this healing on. Mm, that's a really interesting and, and a really good point. Um, and so, you know, one of the most famous people in this movement uh, is a guy named Todd White. In fact, he's probably the most famous and well-known, reputable among millennials right now. Um, him and you know, he, he, men like him, uh, but but Todd White has become very well known now. Recently, he you know after the American Gospel series had, had come out and he was kind of put on expose, put on blast there for a minute. Um, there was a discovery, if you will, that he had been preaching a false gospel, and he in from what I've read, more or less repented of at least some of the language that he'd been using in his prosperity gospel approach. And there are things that he's said he's working through. And so praise God if there's actual change beginning to take place. So one of the things that that people, whenever someone like this repents or something like this happens, there's a lot of cynicism, there's a lot of hopefulness. what do you think the biblical approach should be in terms of our view of Todd White in this season? What should we be hoping for or even looking for uh, to know that someone like this has, has really repented and turned that corner? So so what I had heard was that Todd White is now a member of Robert Morris's church, this Gateway Church, I think, which um, 
is a name change from a Baptist church, I believe. So I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, I think that. So it might be Baptistic in, in, in its doctrinal history. Southern, Southern Baptist, that okay. type of thing. So if, if things were running as according as they should, so for someone to say, well, you know, he's now a member of Robert Morse's church, well, okay. If things were running according to the way they should, then I would think the pastor there or the, the people involved in receiving members would say, oh, this is Todd White. And, you know, they were, there were these things that are a little bit off-center. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure they are correct, and we will receive him as a member. Mm-hmm. Um, the The hope would be that would be the case. But I probably don't know enough about exactly what he's renounced from himself or what is he preaching now, if anything, yeah. or is he maybe doing the more reasonable thing of just setting and serving and not necessarily having some big role. I don't know what it means. I don't know that I have seen what it means yet for him to have become a member of that church. Right. I'm, I am glad that you brought up that um, the American God. I wish we had produced it. Yeah. Uh, American Gospel, Christ crucified, and American Gospel, Christ alone. So the one Christ alone is the one where they focus on faith healers and right. um, uh, uh, because in essence they're saying Christ alone is not enough. I think the better one is the one that maybe is not free and you have to rent uh, American Gospel Christ Crucified mm-hmm. because in that one they're interviewing person after person after person. If you don't know prior have prior knowledge of who these people actually are that they're interviewing it's not apparent at first that, you know, is this person straight or is he messed up? And it it draws you in, I think, in that way. Mm-hmm. So okay, I need to keep listening here because uh-huh. I don't know if this guy has white hat on or that's interesting. You know, dark hat yeah. on, uh, yeah. or if he is one of the Indians shooting at us with arrows. I'm I'm not sure yet. Let me keep watching this. Yeah, it draws you in. Yeah, that's good. That's I good editing. They, good I directing. thought they did that very well. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, uh, so it's good, I think, if he saw himself in that and recognized, oh, I, I don't want to be, I want to be evangelical. I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, somewhat a lot to repent of because he was pretty far out there in those things of, of uh, leg twisting as right. well as scripture twisting. Sure. And so I, um, you know, I don't know. The problem we're back to is, um, uh, Beatleology and Beatlemania. Okay. And so, if you're a fan of the Beatles during Beatlemania, you tend to continue to walk with them through Sergeant Pepper mm-hmm. into Revolution. Yeah. Um, and so, Todd White has a pretty huge fan base and probably still a website and a school. Huh. So, unless he's now teaching correct doctrine and renouncing on website and in the school, then I don't know what to believe. Is he just Simon saying, well, look, you know, you got me there. Pray for me. Mm. And uh, maybe we'll get out of this. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. I guess time will time will prove all things. Right. Um, In closing, you know, we've talked about from Acts 20, you know, 
this idea of uh, sheep who are being taken advantage of by the by a wolf, um, by by a false teacher, a false overseer, and uh, and the admonition is to beware of this type of individual. Here's the things, the 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 signposts, if you will, of of that kind of person. They're not going to look like the way that I ministered to you in righteousness. So. If there are people out there who are listening to this particular episode and they're beginning to recognize maybe maybe they are um, seeing that some of the teaching that they've gotten is false or maybe they've fallen prey to TBN a little bit or Joyce Myers, these other teachers, uh, Joel Osteen is so big and they've been influenced by this type of teaching, what do you suggest for them so that they can retreat properly and find good teaching? Well, I think the way that I would say it in this, you know, this just comes out of some conclusions, um, you know, that I've come to during this period of time that we're in the the crisis, mm-hmm. polit- politically, socially, and and um, otherwise. Um, and so, I mean, I would take the final few moments probably to speak as Paul did directly to the pastors and let everybody else listen in. Mm. Um, because as we, you know, as you and I sit here and we talk about some of these people, we talk about some of these topics, and because we know we have a Bible and we know how to define things, and, and to some degree our attitude in addressing them is a f- informed by Peter's attitude toward Simon. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, so that was Peter, Paul mentions that he was night and day among them with tears warning them with tears yeah so i think despite how it could be perceived that we come across in discussing these people and these movements if i were to talk directly to pastoral leaders and let everybody listen in because i think it would be helpful to them uh, during this time of crisis all of us perhaps have a tendency to compare our weaknesses against other people's strengths. And pastorally, the way that you get sucked into these things is you compare your weaknesses to, oh, this megachurch strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what whatever mega church or mega group it may be, or mega channel it may be, or anything else, well, look what they're doing, look what they got. And I will just say that as long as you compare your weaknesses to anybody else's strengths, you're doing the devil's work for him. Mm-hmm. That's the devil's work. Don't do that. We've got to go back to understanding, which is difficult to do in this election cycle, I think, particularly, that... Our liberty as Christians is in order to pursue suffering. Got that idea from my friend Steve Charette. Mm-hmm. He and I have talked recently. Um, because it's it's really against the Bible to say that God is giving you liberty to pursue your happiness. Now, that tells us why we are where we are as Americans. Mm-hmm. But that's not why God has given us liberty. Those of us who are born again and not deists and, and, you know, not setting up that new world order, we understand that God's given us liberty to pursue suffering. And we don't, we don't need to grieve in order to get over suffering. We need to suffer to get over our grieving. Mm. 
And we need to be willing. There is a fellowship with Christ in suffering that is no place else. So once you discover, you know, I would say the the first point to start, you say, man, okay, this, you know, I was buying into some of this. And we've talked about the men. No, in this movement, it's men and women. Mm -hmm. Word of faith group. I mean, we might as well be technically correct. It is men and women. Yeah, absolutely. And therefore, you say, oh, wow, well, I've, you know, I have, I was kind of, they kind of say that, and I was kind of believing that. Well, the first thing you've got to do to get out of that is say, I'm willing to suffer because it draws me into fellowship with Christ. Yeah. I don't have to have the biggest, the best, the greatest. I have to have the most prosperous. I don't even have to be growing right now. I don't, there are a lot of things I don't have to have, but I have to have Christ. Hmm. If he's using suffering to get me to him, that's going to be okay. I don't need to, once I recognize that, I can pull myself out. Uh, I can extract myself from all of those other ideas and use my Bible to define what is what they are doing and what is happening and um, be willing in all humility uh, to pull myself out of false doctrine into correct. Mm. Pastor Alan Shelby, thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, means a lot. We've got one more segment, one more episode to go. And so we want to say thank you to you as well. And uh, we want you to um, have been encouraged by this episode and strengthened by it. I know it's, you know, there's some things about this uh, topic that lend themselves to, um, I don't know, uh, uh, silly, silly banter about what we see as silly things. And, um, but with that, in all seriousness, we want you to grow and we don't want you to be uh, patronizing or condescending. We want you to understand God's word and we want uh, to help you with that. And if we can, uh, we will. So please visit lfbi.org. Uh, we would love to have an opportunity to explain to you and share with you what we ha have to offer in terms of teaching God's word and a philosophy of discipleship and, and growing in the Lord and his mission, despite even, even, you know, uh, a really hard world to live in. And so, uh, we invite you to do that lfbi.org. And we want to invite you back next Monday. Uh, we will be opening up God's word, and we will be talking about charismatic theology one more time. And so uh, please be with us in that last of these third episodes. We, we pray for you. Uh, God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Hey, Postscript listeners, we've hit 52 episodes and we're so thankful for the fact that you've joined us for so many interviews with pastors and professors as they've come through the studio. And we really do hope that it's been an encouragement to you. Now we're really excited because we have an announcement to make. This fall, we're gonna be launching a new segment called PS Plus, and it's gonna be hosted by my dear friend, Van Sneed. So if you're listening to this and you're probably already familiar with the format of the postscript where each week Pastor Brandon interviews pastors and missionaries and other professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Well, on the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of the topics that are being discussed and do a deep dive. But don't let that fool you. The episodes are going to be 10 to 15 minutes, so they're short, they're sweet, they're edifying for you, but they're also shareable with your friends, your families and other folks that need to hear it. 
So that's a really good point. We've always wanted the postscript to be edifying and encouraging to you, but now we're gonna be creating content that's shareable for your friends and family. If they wanna hear more about what you believe, this is gonna be the perfect opportunity for them. So we're really excited about this and we hope you join us this fall for the PS Plus. We'll see you soon.